0: The Good News of the Kingdom of God, is the title. If you turn your Bibles, take your Bibles, or we can do it up on the screen, and go to Daniel 2, verse 44. I'm going to have to change our glasses, you have to wait a minute. When your servant doesn't serve you any longer, you have a tendency. <laughs> all right. In 2, 34, uh, 44, excuse me. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is real interesting. This is right after uh, the vision was given to Nebuchadnezzar, talking about the Babylon, Babylonian uh, culture, or, um, and Medes and the Persians, and the Grecian and the Romans. And here we find that the word says that the kingdom of God will put an end to all these kingdoms... What is this kingdom that will put an end to these kingdoms? We find in Matthew, and, and excuse me, in Daniel 7, 13 and 14, which we will read. Okay. And in my vision, this is Daniel. This is the vision that Daniel had of the four beasts. And he says, and I looked and there before me was one like the son of man. Coming with the clouds of heaven and he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. And he was given authority and glory and sovereign power. All peoples, nations and men of every language worshipped him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion and that will not pass away. And his kingdom is the one that will never be destroyed. Here is again that Daniel had a vision of the kingdom of God never being destroyed. Who is the son of man? We know from other verses of scripture, particularly in the gospel, that Yeshua was called the Son of Man. And this Yeshua, according to Daniel 7, was given authority, dominion, authority, glory, sovereign power over all nations, men, and languages. His dominion is everlasting, and his kingdom will never be destroyed. The kingdom of God's rule, or his dominion, is the good news of the gospel. The good news is a story of God's deliverance for all humanity. By the sacrifice of one person, the Son of Man, Yeshua, gave his life. Now, you have to ask yourself, when did this kingdom that we speak about begin? Begin? We turn to Luke chapter 1 and verse 31 and 33. This is the angel speaking to uh, Mary, Miriam. And you will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Yeshua. Yeshua. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, the dominion of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. So we see here that the beginning of what God's kingdom, kingdom was revealed to Daniel, was fulfilled in the birth of Messiah. I'd like to share a little story with you. You know, we all have personal lives. We all have families that we need to contend with. We all have spiritual Places of reference, such as coming to synagogue on Saturdays and other functions that we may present. We also are involved in a community where we bless our community and we love our neighbors as well ourselves. And most of us have lives where we attend at work, where we have to contend with our workers and our co workers and provide food for our families and so forth. Each of us has to juggle these five areas of our lives. How do we do this? Well, the scriptures say, looking unto Yeshua, the author and finisher of our faith. One morning, as I was running an errand, I passed a man in the Rite Aid over on Huguenot Road about a month ago or so, who couldn't walk very well. I smiled very cordially. Sandy says I smile too much. (laughs) And I said, good morning. And he obliged. And he walked by limping. But something about him that I noticed So I stopped, and I had to, I noticed that he had a brace on his leg around the knee area. And you know I'm sensitive to knees because I had both of mine replaced two years ago. So, you know, I'm sensitive to that. And I looked, and he was about 20 feet from me. And I said, hold on there, Mr., wait a second. And I looked, and I approached him, and I said, I see that you're walking with a limp. I mean, right? Doesn't take a genius to know that. The guy's like, I said, what's going on? And, of course, he looked at me kind of strange, and I had to tell him, I had to say, you know, look, I usually don't do this, but I just, you know, feel that I have to just speak to you. And he says, well, I'm a roofer. I've been for many years, and I fell off roofs so many times that I have no cartilage left in my right knee. And I said, well can you get those fixed? Because I have had mine both repaired or, I mean, uh, redone. He said, no, I have no insurance. And I looked at him, and I said, do you believe in prayer? And he said, my mom prays, and prays for me every day. And I said, can I pray for you? And he said, sure. Sure. I would love to say, be able to say that my prayer healed that man immediately. But it didn't. I don't know. That's God's business, isn't it? But that I took the time out of my busy schedule doing my five things to look into this man and see a little bit of Messiah. And pray for him is what the kingdom of God is all about. You know, we get busy in life and we forget why we do these things. You know, Yeshua reigns over the house of Jacob. And it has no end. The birth of Yeshua is when the kingdom began and it goes on today. I have three points that, that I noticed in the scriptures which are, which are to be remembered by the believers. The Messiah died for our sins. He was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. I'd like to read 1 Corinthians 15, which is where I got the concept. Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 15, 1. Now, brothers, he says, I want to remind you of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God, that I preach to you, which you received, and on which you have taken a stand. By this gospel, by this good news, you are saved, you are made whole, you have complete salvation. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Messiah died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Saul says here, first, this is of first importance, we as believers, we need to remind each other, make known, to bring recollection to each other about the good news that we in our lives and in our hearts have. Yeshua said, the kingdom of God is within you. It rests within you. All that God is is within you, you have abilities, and you have power, unlimited, according to our faith. To preach is to proclaim the Son of God as declared in the scriptures. And then he made the statement, which you received and stand. And I have to look at Romans 5, one and two to get a, a big, better understanding of what that means to to stand. Romans 1 and 2, 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, excuse me, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, have you been justified? Raise your hand if you've been justified. Justified, as we all know, is found not guilty. Did you... Does it mean that, uh, it means in God's kingdom, you were presented before the judge and your advocate who stood next to you said, I paid the price, do not give upon this man the sentence of death because it has been paid. I paid the price, I died, I was buried, and I arose. So he says here, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, trusting in Messiah Yeshua, we have peace with God through our Lord Yeshua, our Messiah. Through him we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God in which we stand, we stand in grace that Messiah Yeshua has provided for us. We're justified, we're declared guiltless, we have peace with God through our Messiah. We have grace upon grace upon grace, for with grace we stand. Not only has God declared us not guilty, he has drawn us close to himself, and instead of being enemies, we have come to be God's very own children, and in this we stand. Amen? First, Back to 1 Corinthians again, 15. Okay, here we go. Verse two, by this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word which I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. To hold firmly is to hold on to something. Yeshua used the same word when he described the good seed that went into the soil and it produced fruit It produced fruit. To hold fast is to produce fruit in our lives that God may utilize us to reach other people. Like just touching that man and praying for him that morning. I expected him to, I would have loved him jumping up and down and saying hallelujah. But that's God's business and that's between him and God. In verse 3 we read, for what I received, in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, for what I received, I passed on to you, I given to you. And what has Eshaul received? He received the good news of the gospel of Messiah, Yeshua. He held the mystery in his hand. He understood that we are saved by grace, and it's only through him that we move and live and have our being have I passed on to you of this first importance, that Messiah died for our sins. He, The Messiah was buried because of our sins. Messiah was raised on the third day. I found a very interesting scripture about the cost of salvation, and that is Psalm 49. And in Psalm 49, I'll get there myself. I want to read that. That's in Jeremiah. Here we go. Psalm 49, verse 7 and 8. No man can redeem life of another. The reason he says this, or give a ran- or give to God a ransom for him. The verse before talks about wealthy people being able to purchase their way, which is some organizations have that available. That people are in purgatory, they can pay their way out by someone who's alive. But verse eight says the ransom. For a life is costly. No payment is ever enough. For a a life to be redeemed in God's eyes is very costly. No payment is enough. Only God can supply redemption of a man. And that redemption costs God his only begotten son. As Shaul is reminding us in Corinthians to remember these important issues of Messiah and what he accomplished and how he accomplished it. That he died for our sins, he was buried, and that he arose. We turn to Romans chapter 6, and we're going to wind down in a few minutes. Romans chapter 6. And verses one through three. What shall we say? Shall we go on sinning? Well, it's a pretty easy question to ask. So that grace of the grace of God can increase. Does grace come by sinning? No. Does it come by sinning? It becomes by God's mercy and grace. That's how it comes. So it appears that the Romans had an incorrect understanding of what grace was all about. But by no means, he said, we die to sin, how can we live any longer in it any longer? If we die to sin, how can we live in it any longer? Do you not know that all of us who were immersed, who were baptized into Messiah Yeshua, who were baptized into his death, is immersion into his death. Immersion is an interesting word. Sometimes it means purification. Other times it means to identify with the person that you were immersed with. And in this particular situation, it's talking about us being identified in his death. We were therefore buried with him through immersion unto death in order that just as Messiah was raised from the dead through the glory of Father, we too may live in newness of life. That's why the kingdom of God and the three principles are important because it brings to remembrance that his sacrifice brought newness of life. What Messiah did with his life is what give, gave us our lives. When he died, we died with him. We now have a newness of life. Old things are passed away, and behold, and behold, all things become new. Verse 4, I'm going to read also. We were therefore buried with him through baptism unto his death in order that just as Messiah was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too live a new life. We were buried with him through our identification into his death, that as Messiah was raised, we live a new life through the glory of the Father. And verses 5 and 7, If we have been reunited with him, like, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly be united with him in where? His resurrection. As he got up, we got up with him. When he was, cru- when he was on the stake, we were with him. When he was buried, we were with him. And when he arose, we were with him. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, with Messiah, so that our body of sin may be be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. We freed from sin. God has given us a new life. Sin's power is broken, according to these scriptures. Sin-loving nature, our sin-loving nature is buried in him. We are no longer under sin's control. God has given us a new nature. Look upon your old self as dead. Reckon it dead, but be alive to God. God. God has given us new freedom. We give our lives completely to God. We can commit ourselves to obey Messiah in perfect freedom. The choice is ours. In freedom, you have choices. And the scriptures say either we choose life or we choose death. But we have that freedom. Because as as Shaul expressed in 1 Corinthians 15, the importance of the gospel is to realize and remember once again, Messiah died not for his sins, but for ours. He was buried as a common man is buried. And he arose when our redemption was complete. This is what we share with people concerning our faith that he completed our total redemption. Amen.